Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, it's the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. Uh, great to finish up another week. We're broadcasting this afternoon from the Southern Bank Core Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander is out. Luke Johnson in Laurel. Kelly's actually on his way to the Indy 500. So uh, he'll be out uh, all next week. Quick reminder, Eagle Hour live at the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. Special two-hour show next uh, Wednesday starting at 1 o'clock. We'll also be out at the uh, Pete on Thursday. Looking forward to a great lineup and uh, hope that uh, you'll stop by our booth and uh, say hello to us as we get ready to broadcast from the CUSA Baseball Tournament again this year. Opening segment of the show is sponsored every day by, by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, and we thank them for all they do for the Eagle Hour and, of course, for Southern Miss Athletics. It's a great place to take your family this weekend. It's also a great place to cater your next event, large or small. So our thanks to Dickie's Barbecue. Catherine Maloney is going to be joining us a little later from DBAT. We've got Jody Lott in the studio with us here. We're going to talk a little baseball. But first, Luke Johnson. It's a good day, isn't it, my friend? Sing it with me, Bob. Yes, indeed, we are. Southern Miss clinched its sixth league championship last night, the fifth under head coach Scott Berry as they uh, took care of Middle Tennessee last night in grand style, 9-4, to and captured yet another, yet another Conference USA championship. Now the Golden Eagles are the regular season conference champs and the number one seed in the upcoming CUSA tournament. Uh, it looks like, Luke, uh, the opponent will be UAB, and I'm going to guess 4 o'clock next Wednesday. Yep, UAB right now. So the the way the conference is, Southern Miss clinches at twenty one and seven. Tech has a one game lead in second place at eighteen and ten, and then there are five count them five teams tied for third place right now. UTSA, Old Dominion, FAU, Middle Tennessee, and Charlotte are all seventeen and eleven. UAB 13-15. So Eagles lock in the one, UAB locks in the eight, and everything else will be determined today or tomorrow. And and remember, I mean, for a, for some of these teams like UTSA and, and Old Dominion and uh, shoot, you know, Tech, obviously, I mean, they're fighting for NCAA at large bids too. And so it's not just where you're going to be seated in the tournament, but where you're seated in the tournament will we'll go into great, uh, will it, you know, advance your ability to be able to possibly get in that large bid? Slade Wilkes red hot last night. Three hits, uh, three RBIs. Gabe Montenegro added two singles, one really big single, two RBIs. Uh, the Golden Eagles win nine to four last night. Uh, not the best night for Tanner Hall, but another really solid night. Uh, for uh, Matt Adams and uh, the relief staff, Garrett Ramsey that came in. Garrett Ramsey last night, Luke, untouchable in the last three innings of the game. 
He was, and it was great to see him out there. Coach Coach Barry told uh, told me Monday, you know, that he was getting X-rayed and it was negative, and he was going to get some therapy. Whatever they did, I want that kind of therapy because he came in and and shut him down. I am a little concerned about Tanner Hall at the this the last several weeks. Okay, so against Rice uh, a month ago, dominating, thirteen strikeouts, no runs over eight innings. We know um, what happened uh, at, at UAB. He gave up four runs, uh, three earned, only five strikeouts. We remember the old Dominion game, which was dominating apart from two swings. But the last two weeks, Hall's given up four runs. They were they were earned against UTSA. And then, uh, and then last night, um, he gave up four runs, two of which were earned, only three strikeouts. What I'm concerned about is 65 pitches in four and a third inning, and then against UTSA uh, a week ago, 95 pitches in five innings. Didn't walk uh, but but two people in those two outings, but you just kind of wonder, this is the first time, you know, in, in his college career he's pitched this much, and so you mm-hmm. want him, you gotta you got to keep having him as, you know, your your game one stud, and so hopefully uh, he'll, he'll bounce back for the conference tournament next week. Well, late in the game last night during a break, I heard the uh, – the, uh, the announcers from Middle Tennessee never caught on to the fact that when they were in a break, you could still hear them. And at one point, I heard them say last night, well, maybe if they clinch tonight, they'll just rest all their good pitchers. I, I don't think that's really going to happen, but would you, would you see any change in the rotation realizing that come Wednesday, they're playing again? No, but for, for the simple reason is you don't want to get anybody out of sorts. And what is the number one uh, goal of this team to win a regular season conference championship? Box checked. Everything now, including the tournament, even a tournament championship, you are trying to host an NCAA regional. And guess what? You th- you throw your best out there, and you don't uh, you don't keep get your your team out of chemistry. So should be Riggins yeah. tonight, well, Waldrop tomorrow. And I would fully expect the competitive nature of Ostrander and Barry. If the game gets tight, Harper's coming in. I mean, you can just guarantee it. Yeah, that's what, that's what I figured. Maybe you maybe you back off of the uh, of the number of pitches some of your relievers throw, and you use more of your relief staff so that you don't tire out any one relief pitcher. But I agree, you, you play to win. Uh, the, the the last two games. All right, Jody Lotz with us, and uh, Jody, of course, obviously a. Uh, very long-time uh, supporter of Southern Miss baseball. Uh, Jody, it's just so gratifying. Six league championships now. Scott Berry, just such a gem to have here. We're so fortunate to have uh, such a premier baseball program. We're very lucky uh, in that respect uh, for the simple reason people don't realize Southern Miss does more with less just about than any team in the country, any school. Our budget's uh, nowhere near – Half of the teams we play, but uh, over and over, Scott puts out a quality product on the field. Well, there's no question, and, and the the proof is uh, the proof is just in the pudding. And uh, and so for for some of our fans that seem to always be so unhappy and always be so upset on social media, just take a deep breath and relax and enjoy the fact that the that the team has won another. Uh, league championship and Luke Johnson. It's fair to say they've dominated Conference USA baseball since uh, since two thousand three. Really, yeah. I mean, you know, there were there were a few years that that we stumbled like that, and then in the last couple of years, you've seen the rise of Louisiana Tech. For for me, it's not the six that's big, but it's three out of the last five 
that that's where you measure your program with what it's done recently. And you look at three out of the last five years, Golden Eagles have won the regular season championship. That's how you know that, that you're upper echelon, you're the lead dog of the conference, as we as Coach Tolman told us the you know the other day from Middle Tennessee. You know, we're the best team in the conference. He's he I liked what he said about you know, when you view Southern Miss, they're the closest thing to to an SEC program, ACC program. You know, in in Conference USA, and and how's it feel to be in Ruston today, knowing that not only is is uh, Southern Miss leaving Conference USA, but they did it in winning style. So we salute our friends over <laughs> exactly. in Ruston today. Uh, Jody, uh, your your thoughts about the about the tournament? I mean, I'm, I'm very confident in this baseball team. Uh, I don't like the idea of playing UAB, to be perfectly frank with you, because of the history between the schools. But you do have to like the Golden Eagles' chances. If the hitting continues, if uh, our pitching continues the way it has, it's not going to be easy, but but we should be in the finals. We should be. Uh, when you get to the tournament, anybody can get hot at any time. If you remember back uh, a few years back when we hosted the tournament, Florida International came in here as the next to the last seed and, and won, won it. the whole thing. Won the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, it's it's whoever gets hot at the right time. Yeah, Luke, I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah, and and so you know, looking at this, it, it depends on when people are who, when people are going to throw. You you feel a little better if you get if Old Dominion finishes you know fourth or fifth because Morgan's going to throw game one. I mean that that's Old Dominion is going to throw their their ace leading the country in ERA. Uh, and and so you would get the, the good thing with Southern Miss is they're going to get, uh, you know, number two for whoever they they play. If they if they beat UA, UAB, which means we throw our number one, they throw their number one. But you're going to get you know in in that next round you'll get number two. Here's where the benefit comes out. Southern Miss will throw game three. Will throw a guy who would probably be the Friday guy for more than half of the teams in this conference, and they're going to be throwing their third guy. We also have the ability in a tournament setting like this to th- any of our three back end guys, so Rogers, Ramsey, or Harper, can throw you know three, four innings. You've also got Ben Etheridge. You've also got Matt Adams. So Southern Miss has the ability. Literally, probably eight or nine guys could get you four or five innings. Uh, your starters, you know, are capable of throwing complete. But you look at the bullpen. I mean, there's five or six guys that could throw up to half a game for you when they're we're good. And we, hadn't, I mean, we hadn't seen Chandler Bess in a couple weeks. That's another guy. Yeah. So uh, it, it's this is the type of of scenario going into the tournament where this pitching staff has the opportunity to really show how special they are. All right, game two tonight at six o'clock. When we come back, we're wrapping up. The Conference USA era of baseball for Southern Miss. And uh, Jody has some really interesting thoughts. We're going to look back at the history of Conference USA baseball, all that we've seen in our years in the conference, and then, of course, look ahead to what's next. So stay with us. More baseball on the Eagle Hour next.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want you to remember you can hear the Eagle Hour podcast 365, uh, 24 hours a day on Apple Podcast, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in or you can just tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour and uh, she'll do that for you. This segment sponsored by our good friends at Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. They've got some great looking new baseball t-shirts down there my daughter bought one uh, while i was out of town and sent me a picture of it and i've got to get down there it's a great t-shirt with the pete on the back of it it's just a really fine looking shirt and it's available for you right now at campus bookmart and campusbookmart.net all right real quick look what happened in the league last night give us a rundown all right so rice uh, won on the road at uh, fiu in 12 innings five to four fau defeated marshall up in huntington eight to six uh, surprise, and this is why the Eagles were able to clinch last night. Charlotte uh, really drilled Louisiana Tech 11-3. to Old Dominion won uh, on the road up in Bowling Green, defeated Western Kentucky 5-3. to And, Bob, your favorite team, UAB, beat UTSA 18-7 That's hard last play. night. Yeah. So kind of where this goes is what, what this means real quick is that uh, – we, we figure Old Dominion is going to sweep Western Kentucky. And, and by the way, Conference USA news real quick, FIU's coach Melendez and uh, the Western Kentucky coach are going to step down at the end of the year. So Western Kentucky, nothing to play for. You figure they're going to fold. Old Dominion could could wrap up and get, like, second place. If they're second or third, that would put them in the opposite side of the bracket for Southern Miss, and and I like that. I, I don't like the fact that UAB won 18-7 to last night against UTSA. All right. Well, there are a lot of good teams. Southern Miss with 39 wins, Tech with 36, UTSA with 33, Old Dominion with 36, Florida Atlantic with uh, 32 wins, Charlotte with 35 wins, UAB with 31 wins, Middle Tennessee appears to be the weakest with 28 wins, uh, so we'll just have to see how it plays out. All right, so so we're, we're seeing the end of the era of uh, Conference USA Baseball. Jody, I'm going to start with you. You're our guest today. Uh, you, when, you, when you think back over the years, what would be your fondest memories of our time, and I'm talking baseball now, in Conference USA? Well, originally when it, when it started, Conference USA started in 95 as basketball only. And then the other sports were added in 86. And there's some memorable tournaments that we've held here. Uh, You're talking teams like Memphis, Louisville, Cincinnati, East Carolina. You can go on and on. And uh, when changing leadership in the conference happened, those schools left. And it really put a damper on the conference for quite a while. It did, and you made a really good point. The original commissioner, had he stayed in Conference USA, the whole landscape maybe, there may not be an American Athletic Conference. Well, people don't remember the original commissioner of Conference USA was Mike Slive, and he's the mastermind that wound up going to the SEC and laid the base for what the SEC is doing now. In the first year he went to the SEC, he doubled their TV revenue by $10 million. Mm-hmm. If he would have stayed in Conference USA another five years, there would be no AAC now. Conference USA would be knocking on the door of the big boys if you'd have kept all those schools intact. And it hadn't stayed intact because of poor leadership. The poor leadership really, I think, deteriorated the football league when all those schools left. I think the biggest impact was on the football 
league. I don't think there's any question about that. The baseball league has remained pretty strong through the years and has really been the backbone, I believe, in the last five, six, seven years of Conference USA. And Luke Johnson, when I think of our history in Conference USA baseball, uh, well, Florida Atlantic comes to my mind. There were a lot of great games there, but obviously it was the rivalry through the years with the Rice Owls. It all started with Rice, and when you go back, you know, in the early 2000s when Rice uh, made appearances in the College World Series, really one of the defining moments for for me, I was in school at the time, 2003 was such a great year uh, for Southern Miss athletics. In the fall, we won uh, the Conference USA Championship in in football, but what set the tempo for that was, you know, we hosted the regional in the spring, uh, made it to the final loss, lost to Baylor, but... But, you know, it was during those times where you had a national power, um, you know, in your conference, and it was Rice. And that was that was some of the, the best stuff. Then we, we saw it pause for, you know, a, a year or two. And then, of course, uh, you know, it picked back up uh, after our World Series appearance. I mean, just some of the uh, – so, the, the, what, what I even think right now, and Jody can comment on this, what Louisiana Tech's been the last three or four years, Rice far exceeded that back in the day. Well, no doubt. Uh, Rice Rice was the <laughs> lead dog, and everybody everybody was trying to be like Rice. And uh, really, there was only a couple of teams that could even compete with Rice. That's how good they were. Yeah, and uh, if you if you do switch gears for a moment to football and you're thinking about Conference USA, how can you not remember the – the Jeff Bauer years. I remember driving down here one time from the Delta to uh, to Louisiana, uh, Louisville was here in town. And uh, they happened to have the Louisville coach on ESPN, and I was listening to that on the way down. And I'll never forget him saying, this is really Conference USM. And everybody is trying to knock that target off the back of the Golden Eagles. As I recall, I think Louisville actually won that game that night. But there was an era of time, uh, Luke Johnson, and you were part of that as a, as a Golden Eagle football player. That uh, that Conference USA football was pretty good with some, with the teams that were in the league, and, and USM was the bell cow. Yeah, I mean, in, in the late '90s, before I came in, of course, we won it. You know, three out of the four first uh, years. You know, the first was a split, and then you win it '97 and '99. When I came in, uh, it was those. It was heated rivalries. I mean, you know, it was Thursday night games against TCU and Louisville, and we didn't play Louisville the last two, their last two years in the conference, which was unfortunate. But you had the turnover in 05 when those other teams left for the Big East, but you had Central Florida coming in, you had Tulsa coming in, um, and, and several of, of teams like that. And, and that's when, that's when Rice came in. So on the baseball front, what got excited about that was you had the national champion in baseball coming in in 2005. And, you had, even though you you lost some of these rivalries, you we didn't realize it at the time, like how much media market was going to play into conference realignment. But you know, we found ourselves uh, we were going to all these new places on the map, like these these big hubs, you know, Dallas and and uh, where we go to Fort Worth to, to to TCU, we we went to Dallas for SMU, Orlando rather than than Tampa with South Florida, so. You know, you you kind of in in some ways you you lost uh, longtime rivalries, but you look at the teams that came in '05 in the Conference USA and where some of them have been in the last ten years, especially in college football, and I mean that was a that was a good conference for a little bit. No, there's no question about it. It's easy to forget that you know you you're right. Memphis, East Carolina, there there were a lot. Of Tulane, 
lot of really good teams, Jody, in the league. If you remember, too, back then, Luke, that's when Mike Slive made the TV contract, and we were on Fox Sports every weekend. Yep. Look after he left and the downgrade in the TV programming we got. Well, we went, I, 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 the, the year we won conference – the, uh, the Conference USA in 03. We played on ESPN primetime three times that year on Thursday Correct. night. Correct. And that was, that was Tarico, Corso, and Herb Street. That was, that was it. We played three times that year. It's all about leadership. It's all about leadership in any type of business. And in uh, college athletics, Jody, it's no different. Well, this year, as a matter of fact, CUSA for football, I, I was told this, and I'm assuming it was correct. This year... Conference USA Football is going to be on a streaming service that is owned by QVC. Hey, guess what, Jody? We won't be on a streaming service from QVC because no, we'll be right. some. Right. Hey, right. I do want to ask you this: uh, with you know, the last time it's our swan song in the conference, but but you know, anything special going on in the roost for the tournament next week? The only thing going on right now uh, is concentrating on winning and hosting a regional. There we you, go. Uh, you've had some some fun times out there. I know you guys always tell me about that guy from Marshall that y'all ragged in the bullpen, and then when he got done playing games, he'd come out there and hang out and <laughs> watch some baseball. Yeah, uh, that was I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a relief pitcher from Marshall. Had long hair, and we called him Alice. And after they would play, he would come up and sit with us snuck out of the hotel and somebody go pick him up. Uh, he'd come out there with us and he said, I wish we'd have played here when I was a freshman and I would have transferred down here. Right, we're going to keep Jody here, but we got about 30 seconds left. But look, honest time to, for an honest evaluation. How much extra food did you have to buy this year to feed Luke Johnson throughout the regular season in your roost spot? Well, I mean – Look, that was no problem at all with Luke. Now, if you'd have said Santa was coming, yeah, uh, that would have yeah. taken a, another three trips uh-uh. to Sam's. But you do understand that there are games where Luke comes and eats with you, and then he comes to where I'm sitting and eats again. And You're eats aware again. of that, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm quite aware of that. Yeah, and he and and for our listening audience, I am invited by both of these gentlemen to both of those opportunities. <laughs> Not me just barging in on somebody. Two party. buffets in one game. That's hey. got that's got to be a pretty good record hey. there for Luke Johnson. You're always welcome, Luke. Yep. Thank you. All right, Catherine Maloney's going to join us. We're going to keep Jody around. We're going to have a lot of fun this Friday afternoon, waiting for the Golden Eagles to play tonight at 6. Let me say it one more time. The regular season conference champion, Golden Eagles, play tonight at 6 o'clock. We'll be back. Hey, welcome back. Having a Friday afternoon conversation on the Eagle Hour about baseball. I want to thank one of our great sponsors of this show, D1 and D-Bat. They've been with us for a long time now. It's a state-of-the-art facility 
down on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, and the person that keeps that thing running is with us right now. So Catherine Maloney joins us. Catherine, uh, if if I were to have a kid that wanted to get better in baseball or softball, would you have any idea where I might take them? I know the exact place you need to come. Well, what do you tell us about <laughs> that place, Catherine? All right. Well, our place is called D-Bat, and uh, like you said, we're located on Hardy Street, and we are an indoor baseball, softball facility. We've got 10 cages inside our facility, um, and we have pitching machine cages. We have regular cages that you can rent out if you want to come in and hit off the tee, uh, have someone toss in front toss to you, whatever. Um, we, we have instructors that give lessons. We do camps. We have a pro shop where we sell gear and equipment. So we kind of do a little bit of everything. Now, Catherine, you haven't been on the Eagle Hour lately. Have, I understand you've been busy. Yes, I've been a little busy. Um, I brought a little human into a wor- into the world, a little uh, little boy. He'll be a future, possibly, you know, baseballer. So we'll see. He is eight weeks old, so we're doing wow. good. You know, Catherine, back uh, years ago when my wife was uh, having our kids, the one thing that I realized that probably the most precious thing in life that we take for granted is sleep. Can you yes. uh, can you uh, uh, can you comment on that? Well, knock on wood, he is an awesome sleeper. I don't know what we did, um, but he the first month now was rough. We had we had some some sleepless nights there at the beginning, but he is a pro at it now, and he's sleeping almost eight nine hours at a time straight wow. at night. Wow, boy, you're you're so ble- you're blessed, it. young lady. You know that, right? I know. <laughs> but he does he does fight naps during the day, so I guess that's. But that's a trade-off. Yeah, Luke Johnson, welcome, Catherine, back to the Eagle Hour. Hey, Catherine, thanks uh, so much for uh, for joining us, and uh, congrats on on uh, your little guy. All right, let's talk about Memorial Day Thank you. camp coming up. I uh, got about ten days till it comes up, and uh, tell us all about what's going to go down on Monday, May thirtieth, at DBAT. Yes, so that is our next camp, Memorial Day camp. It'll be on on Memorial Day, May thirtieth. It'll be a an all aspects camp for baseball and softball players, um, ages six to thirteen, and it'll be from nine a.m. to two p.m. that day. Um, and you can sign up for that camp on our website. You can call the facility to sign up. You can come in, but it'll be a good one. Um, with our all aspects camp, they'll work on base running, fielding, throwing, hitting, kind of a little bit of everything, play some games. So it should be a good one. It's important, you know, when, when we're talking about uh, as we roll into summer, you know, ba- kids playing baseball and softball, and, and it's a great opportunity, you know, as summer ball begins uh, for people, for, for kids to get a good foundation and continue to develop the skills that they're going to show this summer. Yep, that's right. And um, on top of our camp, you know, we have our lessons. Um, this is, a, you know, of course, our busiest time of the year right now with summer ball getting started and school ball is finishing up. Um, so now's the time for teams to come in, get some work in. If it's rainy or whatever, they can't get out on the field. Um, and then we have several of our, our instructors that weren't here during the school year that'll be back for the summer. Uh, Joey Withers, Mackenzie Bird, some of those guys that did a lot of lessons for us, they'll be back. So um, now's the time to get to get the work in. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially some coaches out there, don't realize, you know, that you guys, you want tons of people in there. It's not just like a, a one-on-one for a dad to bring his, you know, a, his his son or his daughter in there and get some batting practice in. I mean, you guys host teams. You can come in and get your practice in. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have from, you know, six, six and seven-year-old teams that come in and practice to college kids and college teams. Um, right now, uh, the Mississippi High School Sports Softball Championships are going on at Southern Miss Softball Field, so we've had some of their teams in this week um, practicing and getting some swings in before their games, and hopefully with this Conference USA tournament coming in town, we might have some of those guys stop by, too, so... Yeah, it's not just individual. It's for teams as well. Well, Catherine, don't let anybody from Louisiana Tech or Old Dominion come in and take any batting practice <laughs> during the tournament next week, please. I'll, I'll rig up the pitching machines to, <laughs> to throw a couple wild ones in there. Yeah, for the them. Old Dominion guys, they don't need any more batting practice. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> you know, that's uh, Hey, you know, we talk a lot about baseball. Of course, we're kind of consumed right now with baseball here. But I know you're a former college softball player, and we don't talk much about that, but – that same training and, and facilities and uh, opportunities are available at DBAT for girls who are playing uh, league softball, high school softball, whatever, correct? Yes, that's right. Um, everything that we provide with baseball, we also have with softball, so lessons, the camps as well. And then with our pitching machines, they throw fast-pitch softball and slow-pitch softball, so we have a lot of men and women that play, you know, in slow pitch leagues also, and they're welcome to come in and use our machines. And um, so it's not just baseball. I, I always, I'm glad y'all point that out because I'm biased to softball, so I always like to give our girls a shout out. Absolutely, no question about that. Uh, pedal softball team, girls softball team, doing very, very well uh, right now. I think. Uh, Catherine, were you there the day that Luke Johnson ran the 40-yard dash and then pulled his hamstring and couldn't walk for several days? Were you there that afternoon? I'll I'll never forget it. Hmm. He talks about it frequently. It's the home of the Luke Johnson 5-2-40. And, I mean, that's (laughs) – that was I would remind you, Bob, that Michael Vick ran a four eight a few weeks before I ran my five two. So that's the type of company that I'm hanging with. Did, did, w- <laughs> was the clock gauged properly, Catherine? I think that's the question we all have here. Well, you know, sometimes it has a little bit of a, a glitch, so I, mm. I couldn't tell you for sure. Mm-hmm. It was an advertisement <laughs> for how good that that is. I mean, that was the point, mm-hmm. Bob. So mm-hmm. they were displaying the fact. You're just in denial, and you're just in denial that I got up with a pulled hammy and ran it again. <laughs> well, y'all, y'all just have to come back and, and do it again. That way we can really... Yeah. We yeah. can really uh, tell. Can we do I, think, I think one thing, Bob, we all can agree on, because Jody and I joke about this, in, uh, that that, that 5240 would have been faster than Danny Lynch on the bases, okay? I think we can all agree <laughs> yeah, on that. Exactly. He ran like a 24-7 that time around the bases, did he not? All right, Catherine, we're, we're glad you're back, and we always love having you on our show. We thank you for all you do to support the Eagle Hour, and congratulations uh, to you and your husband on the new little human, as you described him. So I think, I think <laughs> thank that's, you. I appreciate I think that's you fantastic. All right, Catherine, you have a good weekend, dear, and thanks for coming on the show. You too. Talk to you all later. All right, Catherine Maloney, Bye-bye. everybody, one of our favorite people. Uh, to have Jody Lott brings up an interesting point to me during the uh, commercial break, Luke, that depresses me a little bit. He points out that this being our last year in Conference USA, it will also be the last year that we likely ever host a conference baseball tournament. Because why, Jody? 
Sunbelt plays at a neutral site in Montgomery. Uh, they play at Riverwalk Stadium, which is the home of the Montgomery Biscuits. It's a double-A affiliate. Uh, very nice stadium. Seats 7,000. Uh, 20 luxury boxes and a picnic area for 4,000. Hmm. So you, it's a pretty nice size stadium. Do you like that, Luke? Uh, you like the idea of it being in a neutral spot every year? I kind of yeah. Like I mean, let's be honest that nobody else, nobody else in the country has the ability to host the conference tournament at their own place one time, much less however many times we've had it at the Pete. So, you know, we've been living in in a really a pipe dream to be able to do it and to be able to do it this this upcoming week. I'm thankful that that it's you know it's a four hour drive or however it is. You wish you know you could have it in Biloxi or something like that, but but I get it. Um, and if you're going to have it, you know, at a neutral site, let it be a, a minor league ballpark like that. Uh, you would you know maybe maybe in later years as a Sun Belt, uh, we were talking about during the commercial the 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 basketballs down in Pensacola would be awesome to have it down mm-hmm. there, or have it in in uh, in Biloxi or or something. But I mean here here's the benefit, guys, of this footprint. If Conference USA, you know, thought that they could, you know, bring everybody together, you know, in Alabama or, or Mississippi, you're in a smaller footprint now. And so I think that that does make, you know, a Pensacola or a Biloxi, if they were to change this, it makes it a, a reasonable site to host a tournament. Well, fortunate for us is that the Super Talk sends us to every Conference USA tournament. So well, guess, it wouldn't uh, matter where it's at. It would. I like the the Blue Wahoo Stadium in Pensacola. I went to several tournaments down there that the Eagles played in. It's a fantastic place to play baseball. Oh, that, that would be great to move it there. It's just I'm sure it's just according to what the contract is with Montgomery. But the thing is, if you look at the footprint of the Sun Belt, Montgomery's pretty close in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure that's their reasoning. Well, if Conference USA pulled off Biloxi, Keith Gill and his crew no. can pull off probably something a lot better. And it is the fair thing to do, to have yes. it at a neutral site is, yes. honestly. And, and Biloxi was – Pretty close to like having it at Pete Taylor Park. CUSA is the only ones that I've ever known to have it on campus at different mm-hmm. schools. Right. So, uh, well, they are pioneers, Kelly. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Jody, you know that for sure. Mm. All right, last segment of this week. Uh, Jody's going to hang around with us. We'll be back, wrap things up. Stay with us. Thanks to Catherine Maloney, one of our favorite people, uh, for joining us. Congratulations to her and her husband on the new little human, as uh, as she described him. And uh, we appreciate all that Catherine does. Fourth Street Bar and Grill is a great place uh, to hang out every day at lunch, nine ninety five, and they have big hearty guy lunches that uh, we think you Southern guys uh, like us are going to enjoy. And uh, there's a great place to watch the baseball game tonight if you want to at six o'clock. Have yourself a cold one and a big poor boy sandwich, and a uh, great way. 
to watch Southern Miss baseball. So we want to thank them. Also, want to thank Southern Bank Corps Studios for joining us and remind you they provide our studios for us to broadcast the show from every day. And uh, hopefully they'll be one of our guests next week as we're doing a special two-hour Eagle Hour from uh, Pete Taylor Park next Wednesday to kick off the Conference USA Tournament. We'll be back out at the Pete on Thursday as well, and we hope that you'll come by and say hello to us. All right, Luke, uh, we're, we're fixing to analyze how this tournament is fixing to wind up, so I'm going to turn it over to you. All right, here's here's it gets really confusing, so we'll we'll make our way through it. So what we want to do is let's just basically go back through the schedule of the games that count, and you tell me who you think is going to win, and then with my West Jones education, I will try to tell you what you're predicting the bracket to okay, be. Okay, go ahead. All right. So we're going to skip a couple of these series that, that don't matter. Rice and FIU, we'll, we'll throw them out. All right. Bob Getty, UAB and UTSA, who wins how many games? You know, I like uh, I like uh, UAB to win two out of three because of the lack of pitching depth we saw on uh, UTSA. Jody? I'd say the same, two out of three, UAB. All right. Let's go FAU at Marshall. I think Marshall wins all three games. I'm not sorry. No, no, no. Florida Atlantic wins all three games. Yep. FAU sweep. Old Dominion at Western Kentucky. Sweep Old Dominion. Sweep. And then Louisiana Tech at Charlotte. Uh, Jody and I are probably going to differ a little bit on this. Uh, Charlotte has the advantage now. They're at home. I like Charlotte to win two out of three. I'll take Tech two out of three. All right. Here's where it gets funky. So, if if according to Bob, Jody's is a little more complicated, but Bob – Yours would would fall this way. So if that happens, Southern Miss is the one, Old Dominion is the two, FAU is the three, Tech's the four, Charlotte's the five, UTSA is the sixth, and no, UAB is the uh, the eighth. So so the way that would work, let's see. Who am I leaving out? I'm leaving out. Middle, All right, so Middle Tennessee. Yeah, I'm leaving out Middle Tennessee. Yeah, obviously I'm leaving. So that this is the part about it too. If we win, if we win two, if we if we sweep, Middle Tennessee will be the seven. Okay, Old Dominion will be the two. FAU will be the three. Tech will be the four. Charlotte will be the the five. UTSA will be the six. Ten, Middle Tennessee will be the seven. It gets really complicated if Middle Tennessee wins one from us. Then them and UTSA would be at the bottom. So you got UTSA and a, and a possibility, according to your prediction, that UTSA would finish in the bottom half. Now it gets crazy in Jody's model because you would have Old Dominion, FAU, and Louisiana Tech at twenty and eleven. So you would have they got to go to tiebreakers to see who's in the in the in the one through or two through four. Um, UTSA would be five, Charlotte would be six, Middle Tennessee would be seven. That's based off a of Golden Eagle sweep. So long and short of it is, let me let me follow up with this question: Who do you not want in the Golden Eagles bracket with UAB of any of those teams we Old listed? Dominion. Old Dominion. Okay, you you don't want Old Dominion, and they should sweep. So if they sweep, they will be the two or the three seed. So that that's safe. Second team you don't want. Uh, I don't want Florida Atlantic. I don't want Tech. So we shall pull for Louisiana Tech, like Jody said. Tech would probably get a three, uh, and so you would have Old Dominion and Tech in in the bottom half of the bracket. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of unavoidable, guys. You're either going to get probably UTSA or Charlotte 
um, in in your your top half of the bracket, maybe FAU, but it, it's just it's insane that we have five teams tied for third place right now. Well, what you don't want is you don't want to play Old Dominion the first game. No, nope. Who, whoever does that's got a problem because their their Friday night guy was pretty untouchable, and uh, so I, I think that would be the first thing you would want to avoid. Uh, is to play Old Dominion early in the tournament. By all means. Yeah. I think I'm more confused now than, than I was in PhD <laughs> seminar yesterday, guys. These numbers are, are crazy. But, yeah, I, I want – if I can have somebody in my side of the bracket, uh, I don't want Tech and I don't want uh, Old Dominion. Well, you don't you else. don't want FAU. I mean, FAU is a good ball club uh, with uh, 32 wins, a great coach, and they can swing it, you know. They, they play a lot like UTSA. It, it's they're just going to hit the baseball really good. Great approach, but of all teams, who did we get to start UAB, off? UAB, and that's a little worrisome in the back of my head. But uh, it is what it is. I think we could go play in the Tokyo International Games, and the opening game would be against UAB. <laughs> I don't think there's uh, much question. All right, Jody, thanks for coming in, man. You're very welcome. All right, and uh, Luke, uh, we're going to have fun all next week at the CUSA tournament. Until then, Riggins against TBA tonight. Waldrip against TBA tomorrow afternoon. Eagles need a sweep. Back at 1 o'clock Monday. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Mississippi Media Production.